What up, guys? Welcome back to episode eight of the DPT podcast. I'm your host, David. Today, I'm talking with my buddy, Jeff. We're going to talk about healthy eating at your desk um, and strategies you can do to become more healthy throughout the day at work. So tell them a little bit about who you are and how you got started in the fitness industry. Hey, David. So um, Jeff Simmons. So I own Third Power Fitness. Uh, move, lift, and recover is my motto. Those are my three uh, main points. I got started in the fitness industry, uh, I want to say in 2014. Um, I have a background in physical therapy. So I was working as a physical therapy assistant. Uh, I thought the job was boring. And I got turned down from a couple of the doctor of physical therapy programs. And I figured I wanted to do something a bit more exciting. Um, so yeah, uh, I figured personal training was a good way to go. Uh, I played sports pretty much my whole life. Um, so being in the gym and like the weight room was like a natural thing for me to do. So the transition was pretty cool. Um, and yeah, that's basically it. That's an interesting background. Yeah, I find a lot of people try to go into the physio mm -hmm. side. And the practical side to it and the rehab component is really cool. But combining it with fitness really adds another element because a lot of people think that you're just going to heal the injury and then you're going to do your exercises for a few weeks, a few months and go back to, to normal. But really, it's about adopting a fitness routine to prehab your body for the exactly. rest of your life. And that's where yep. fitness comes in. Exactly. A lot of people don't see that. They just want the quick fix. But really, fitness is more than just like, looking better it's about feeling better and staying healthy for the long term and that's what we're going to come and talk a little bit about um healthy strategies for eating or strategies for eating healthy at work so where would you get started with that for someone who who is a nine to five or their their desk bound they want to eat healthy maybe they have fitness goals or maybe they just want more energy and to boost their productivity yeah. where would you get started for um that? so my my main uh target market is moms um so I have a lot to go into this topic. So most of the people I train, um, you know, their moms they have kids and they, they work. So yeah, a big, a big question is how to stay on top of their eating at work. My main piece of advice is to meal prep. Um, a lot of people, they might find meal prep boring, but it doesn't have to be boring. Um, so usually meal prep is like my number one, um, thing I tell people to, to do. So, you know, taking, you know, one or two days per week to make all the food that you're going to eat that week, and then just put it in some, uh, plastic containers and take that to work. That's like the simplest piece of advice. Um, because it's really hard. Like a lot of people, they, they work and they work near like a fast food place or their work environment might have like a like the uh like a starbucks or like a cafeteria right so um you know yeah i think when you have your food prep kind of like you just said it cuts down on the temptation there's so many temptations because you've got your food made already Say, for example, I wanted to meal prep, but my cooking game wasn't the strongest for someone who is used to eating out a lot. Um, what would be some resources for them? Like for me, for example, I like things that are easy, like 
prepackaged, pre-portioned, like like hard-boiled eggs or prepackaged, pre-portioned, like Greek yogurt. I find those things are good when you like. I find meal prep is easy when you want it to be like cold food stuff like that. But the hot food you can kind of save for when you're home for dinner. Like like have a salad with chicken. That's simple. Have like like tuna. Have something easy. That way it doesn't need to be hot or cold. It's just something that you can consistently do. Right. Yeah. Um, to go on with that point, it is a lot easier to pack like cold food. Um, usually, like a sandwich or fruit or like yogurt. Um, those are all pretty simple things to put together and and uh, pack with you. Um, those are like three of like the go tos if you either can't cook or if you do have like the resources and the money. You can find like a meal prep like company and service and actually pay for them to cook your food and pack it for you so you don't have to worry about it. Now that's that's if you want to go that that route. But yeah, there's a lot of these services around, but I feel like long term it's so important to learn those cooking skills because you're eventually gonna improve your nutrition. Oh, sure. right. Understanding just by right. going through the process of cooking, you can work with different ingredients, see what spices your body responds well to, see what what kind of sources of carbs fill you best. And that's where it really becomes individualized, where you can kind of, you can plug and play, kind of see what gives you more energy. For example, this, do carbs, what kind of carbs fill your workouts best? Do, do you like having a little bit before? Do you like having a lot before? These things are really, I find for me, it's once you figure that out, you just eat the same thing almost every day. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I pretty much go through, through that now. Like I'll get into, the uh, habit of just prepping the same food each each week it might be like chicken uh chicken and broccoli or like chicken and green beans um and like rice um i just find things that are very very simple and when you cook them in batches you don't need to worry about it um and to go back to your point um i think it does yeah it it does teach people to do it by themselves and to like mix and match certain things and see like what what foods and macros that work best for for them um you know it's kind of like the saying uh you can give a man a fish and he'll eat today but you teach a man to fish and he'll eat for life oh that's one of yeah. my favorite quotes <laughs> it's really really hits home So for, say someone wanted to, they're going to get started, They would you advise them to get started with macros right away, or would you advise them to just start meal prepping, start learning how to cook, and then as they're becoming more skilled with it, start introducing like like macros, for example, knowing how much and what to eat, um, and building on the layers from there, or yeah, just I approach all Yeah, I prefer the approach of just get them to learn how to cook and just pack food first. Um, just to get the most basic, simple thing done first. And then we'll be concerned about the macros at like a later point. But uh, I just like to take very small steps first just to get them in the habit of actually making their food and packing their food. Because a lot of times if you give people too much at one time, like it becomes hard, hard to do, right? Yeah, definitely. It's almost like taking small actionable steps, like just showing up at the exactly. gym two days a week, yep. then three days a week, and then four, and then starting to meal prep one, for two days in advance, then three days in advance, 
and then figure out how much you can do without it kind of going bad. Maybe you, you cook your dinner and you freeze it, you warm it up, or you have it on a plate in the microwave. You put pop it right in, you get home exactly. from more plate, and then yep. it's just ready. So it's adding yep. the layers on. Because eventually for me, I'm at the point where I relatively eat the same foods like day in and day yeah, out. Yeah. Uh-huh. But I also have that, that understanding of balancing it when I'm eating out. So oh. I'll know if I yeah. skip it. So for me, I don't really like, I'll eat breakfast, but I don't have a set lunch because I'll train in the afternoon. So I'll have like a Greek yogurt for a pre-workout gives me like 20, 30 grams of carbs right, in right. there. And then my I don't, my lunch would be just be like a late lunch or an early dinner or a second dinner because I'm not really, I don't see nutrition as breakfast, lunch, and dinner for me. I'm trying to see how I can fuel my sure. workout uh-huh. and stay satiated throughout the day. Because it's really important to, like you could like blow all your macros, like you had a thousand calories, two thousand calories right. by lunchtime, right. yep. and then say you go to the gym in the evening. You're not balanced. It's about that energy flow kind of balance. You could go to the gym at night and be like, "Shit, I'm yeah. hungry. I just did some cardio," but really, yeah. you're not hungry. You you just boom through your calories. It's a it's kind of like a, a balance game, a, a guessing game. Like you want to choose the foods that will keep you satiated, but and also fuel you, and you don't want to like have those empty calories. Right, and yeah, you. Just just made a good point too. Uh, when you just said that you saw nutrition as a way to like fuel like your uh, training, and I think that's a great way of uh, doing it. Like for me, me personally, um, and I know you did it too uh, last year too, um, as well. Like I've I fast, um, so for me, like I don't really concern myself like with breakfast and sometimes lunch just because I have so much to do um and then like my my last meal of the day or two meals um I'm a bit more lax on like the macros and stuff like that um but it it is something that I do su- suggest like the people that 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 work um not that you have to fast but it, it can be a strategy that can be helpful just in terms of you don't have to worry so much about food in general just because you don't eat. <laughs> um, and I do, do find it to be a useful tool, but for, for like me and people that, that work as well, I think that they should view nutrition as a way to fuel how well they work and how well they do their job. Exactly. Yep. They can and they focus and concentration. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Exactly, man. Because <laughs> a lot yeah. of times fasting, the main benefits that I saw when I was doing was the increased focus and attention in the morning. You have that crystal yep. clear clarity. A lot of times people are like, oh, I need my coffee, and oh, I need like, oh, let me have like a donut or some carbs with my breakfast, yeah, yep. and they'll have uh-huh. that that instant spike, and then as soon as it, it drops down. They'll start feeling like low focus, low concentration, and and they'll start to to blame yep. the foods they eat. They're oh, they need more food, but really, that's when you can experiment and dabble things like intermittent yeah, fasting because yep. that that initial rush of clarity in the morning can be really yep. helpful to get over that slump and to monitor your nutrition. So let's rewind a little bit. Can you tell um, the listeners a little bit more about the science behind it and how it um, how so fasting works? So basically the Clinically proven uh, benefits are like the glucose levels in your blood go go down just because the insulin spike is not not there. So basically, the beta cells in the pancreas they produce 
the insulin each each time time you eat because each time you eat your blood sugar increases so the insulin is produced to neutralize that spike in the blood sugar so basically when you don't eat there's no blood sugar spike so your body be so your body becomes more sensitive to the insulin I definitely just gave like a super, <laughs> like a super short thing. Yeah, but pretty much those are the hormones that control and regulate hunger. And then over and the way I experience you start to adapt to to fasting and really becoming in tune with your body. So it's not so much yeah. just doing that to, to, to balance out the hormones, but it's doing that to kind of give you more energy because when the spikes in your hormones are always up and down, it really can can make you tired, especially that like afternoon four o'clock slump is the hardest I find for for when I used to like work a desk job. You're like mindlessly snacking, right, trying yeah. <laughs> to get some energy to make it through the day. It's four o'clock and all you want is some coffee, but nothing is working. Right. That's when. So what are some strategies to uh, kind of avoid that? Would you say fasting could help with that? And then maybe having a first meal like earlier before like you have the, that crash? The crash in terms of like the food or like the time of day? No, just like, you know, like the, the afternoon kind of like people are at, say they're at their desk, they haven't started fasting yet. And they're just, they're like, oh, I need some energy to get me through this day. Would it be something, should they go for, for example, like caffeine first? Should they go for having a meal? Caffeine's a bad idea. I do think that fasting helps. And this is a little off topic, but to be perfectly honest with you, sleep. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, some people do actually work in places where you can't actually take, take naps, but. Like just trying Reels. to focus on getting Underrated. more sleep to be honest is probably the best way. It's hard when you're expected to sit there nine to five and not take breaks. Like in my in my ebook, the Despond Therapy Guide, I talk a lot about how to boost your productivity. So the period you spend sitting, you're productive and don't waste time sitting if you're not gonna be productive. So plan the task before you get there, be productive, get it done and take your breaks. That way you're not just sitting there and having bad posture and being unproductive at least like if you're gonna sit and you're gonna work just have a task at hand get it done and try that makes sense be productive yeah and then you uh mentioned like the mindless uh food or like the mindless uh snacking and right yeah like empty calories can really be dangerous when you're working your desk especially you want to lose weight like a lot yeah. of those, like <laughs> things labeled healthy yeah. snacks are really, like not i do snacks. think that's where fasting can help from the terms of uh, being aware of like the hunger cues and just being aware of what you actually feel. And then I think the more that you get, get uh, better at being like mindful of how you feel, the less inclined you might be to like snack on foods because you're actually aware like, oh, am I actually hungry or am I just not concentrating on my like work? Am I just on social media? Am I just, like not paying attention like it's interesting because yesterday i had a conversation with another friend how food is almost we have like a relationship exactly, with yep. food. it's comforting uh -huh. for us and how when you're bored you just think yep. of eating food and just something that's always in the back of your mind so some i find sometimes strategies are because this kind of comes more into the psychological side of like what a fasting and yes. how it teaches you to listen to your body Absolutely. but also like like that's a big one there like 
the hormones sometimes it's just like the hormones sometimes it just it's in your head that you feel uh -huh. you need to eat more and this really comes to it's it's a it's a constant battle but what would you say is is a good way to kind of learn to kind of manage those yeah the psychological I, side I do find find that to be challenging especially during like a pro long fast things that i've i've found that help are drink more water <laughs> one and two just being concentrated and just like if you have things to do i think it's of course it's course, a bit yeah. more challenging to fast like if you're just at at home and you don't have to work or you just don't have anything like to do because you don't have anything to keep your mind away from food so you just like sit there and you you know constantly think of food oh yeah for sure even for me when i used to fast like my my standing desk is in my kitchen so when sure. i was home it'd be awful i'd just be like i'd be pacing back and forth like doing paperwork and stuff and i'd just be like when is this fast over? But really, you, I found it was most effective when I was like, like leaving my house early on the commute. And by the time, you know, it's already 12, one o'clock. Like, I find it's a good way to avoid like taking an hour to get ready in the morning. You're just in and out. Um, you don't, that's another good way it can be implemented if you just find yourself slow to get started yeah, in the morning. Yeah, yeah, like for instance, like today, I've been out and about since like five. So for me, like I haven't really had time to even think about food so food isn't really a concern but i'm also fasting at the same time <laughs> i think it comes really down to habit building because for you um uh, for example that's a really good way fasting works for your lifestyle right and another yeah. and another way uh, i find works is for example like like the meals you know you can eat healthy then no you know you're gonna eat for example if you know you can eat a healthy breakfast uh-huh every day consistently then do that and if you know your dinner is also going to be healthy but if you're concerned about the middle of the day focusing on this is if you're tracking your calories for example right. like like for me i used to like I'm, I'm killing like a good amount of calories in the morning yeah and at night and in the middle i don't really like allocate that much because i know i can eat healthy and i can hit my macros at the time so maybe it means having a dinner-sized breakfast or and a dinner and then another big meal and you don't necessarily need to be like straight on fasting but just learning how to Find when you can hit those macros is yeah, important. Yeah, actually, I I haven't heard that strategy. That makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, like if you really do just concentrate on the the things that you know for a fact that you can do well, just concentrate on on those few few things. Yeah, I think that's a very like smart thing to do. Yeah, because if you know you're gonna be home, I'm like, oh shit, I'm. Like, say for you, say you go to the gym, it's five, uh -huh. six o'clock, and you're like, oh, I really want a meal before. But if you go, you get something light, for example, like you have that Greek yogurt, you pound that, you're down in a minute, you got your carbs, and you're like, you know, like, oh, I'm not going to have this temptation on my way home to go. And be like, oh, there's no food prep. Exactly. I'm going to go eat out. But if you know that when you get home, there's going to be something healthy for you, and you know the, the rewards of like sticking to your nutrition, you're going to go, you're going to, it's going to be so much harder yep. to cheat. And I find for me, it's about that. Making it hard to cheat, making it hard to say yes to the, so the temptation. What What is your uh, beliefs behind cheat meals and cheat days? Like, do you have like a cheat meal or cheat day, or do you even think that those need to to be used? How do you look at it? I like to give my clients like a refeed day yeah. if they're like on a diet, for example, where I'm not gonna like. Well, they usually you want to have a bit more carbs, but sometimes I'll be a bit more lenient and be like, yeah. You can like within reason, like have like one meal that like might go over a little bit your macros just to have that 
that breath of room. But also I find like, I just fit the foods in I like. I find if I get into that binge cycle of eating out a lot, I find it hard to, to have that willpower. And the more times you, you can reinforce the good behavior from, from saying no, the, just, the better it is. I find like sometimes like you, you'll have that cheat and you'll be like, oh, it's not worth it. It wasn't even that yeah. good. It was just in my head I really wanted to do it. And I find like over the years, you start to really understand and you, you have the memories and you think back from going through the struggles, like how did yeah, it feel uh -huh. the last time? How am I going to feel if I eat this? And there are times like yesterday, I was like, you know, I'm going to have some sushi twice yesterday. I had sushi for lunch and dinner. I'm just like, whatever. I made it my refeed because I give myself 150 yeah. extra carbs a week. I'm like, let's, let's right. move on. I'll just kill the workout tomorrow. But I think they're like someone definitely who's starting. They need uh -huh. to lose a lot of weight. They got to be a little stricter. But like once you're you're in the game a little longer, there's a little more flexibility in terms of I wouldn't even I never even consider it cheating. Like even when if I'm eating like baked baked or air fried French fries, I'm like for me it's not cheating. Sure. It's yeah. in my macros in. And like if you're gonna have those cheat things, just kinda like fit them in every day. Like I know a friend who will have a beer every day. It's in his macros uh -huh. every day. And, sure, like, yeah. and like it's it's it, it's part of his, his lifestyle. Yeah. Like it's in there once a day and it's gonna prevent yeah, the and, binging behaviors. And that that kinda comes down to um like if you're aware enough or like you're mindful enough or like you know that you're going to have that beer at night, then you are aware of maybe being a little stricter with your you know, carbs or your macros for like, uh, for like lunch so that you can fit in that, that beer so it doesn't kill you. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, it's, right. it's super, super important to look ahead. Like, and up plan again when your energy levels are, but especially going out. Like if I know I'm gonna go out, I'm gonna kill the carbs at breakfast. I'm not gonna have any carbs. I'm gonna just have some exactly. eggs, or some yeah. like something, some fruit or something light. And then my lunch will be like I'll just have I'll I'll have my yeah. Greek yogurt still. I'll work. I'll have like lettuce and chicken. I'll just save all my carbs and a bit of fat. So you have that wiggle. Yeah. You never yeah, really know. That's something that I preach to clients and especially like the busy ones and ones at work. Like a lot of them, you know, with like families. They know beforehand that you know they might go go out with like the girlfriends like that that weekend or like the Friday night you know wine night you know things like that so they kind of know during the week to be a bit more strict with their calories and the macros to kind of make room for like the Friday night stuff uh huh. So coming down to that and avoiding like like binging and, and controlling your 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 strictness throughout the week and making sure you have like a like a more relaxed weekend with still some self control. How would you avoid? I, I know this is a real common issue when you start fasting. How do you avoid that binge? Like that, that you fasted four to six hours after waking up. How do you avoid that 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 binge where you're just replacing all the calories? I think it really just comes down to mindfulness. Just which which takes takes time too though, and it takes time to know what like the body needs for me it's just like a mental uh thing like if i were to break a fast usually i tell people like very fast digestible carbs like a piece of fruit and then like yep yeah these exactly. are my go-to i would always <laughs> yeah, break my fast with an apple probably a main a main thing to avoid like the binge or like you might feel like you um could, could binge is to eat slowly eat eat very slowly and be aware of like how how the food tastes how it smells like actually be like in touch with your feelings and the food i know that sounds weird but <laughs>
It's true. Eating is an emotional experience. You feel good. It makes yeah. you feel good. You want to enjoy. You want to savor. You don't want to like swallow it and scarf it down. You really, and you're also getting more enzymes too. If you're not chewing your food, you can't really break down the food barrier, and you're not going to really absorb as much that nutrients. That's a very, too. very good, good point. Yeah. So I think that's that's probably the best way to avoid a binge. Like if you do fast, um, and like to binge in general, because that's also a major um, thing that we all see. Like around us, people who do binge, binge eat, which a lot of times is an emotional thing that is usually unrelated to food, but like the unresolved emotional issues, they usually, they manifest themselves in the form of food. So people might, might eat to cover up or to help, help cope like with some emotional problems. On the on the previous episode of my podcast, I talked with Craig Valentine about his concept oh, of having cool. a not. Yeah. To, we we talked about his concept of having a not to do list. Uh, where do you see something like that could be helpful a in terms of nutrition? List? Yeah, like you know what you're supposed to do, but like not he he lives by his not to do list. Like for example, um, go to sleep at this hour, don't drink during the weekdays. Just like he says by psychologically saying, I don't do these things. It's it's a lot easier than having like this list in the back of your head. They're almost like rules yeah, to live by. Yeah, I actually do like that that approach. Like, I've never seen it that way, but it definitely makes uh, sense. Like, I kind of do it myself. I just never really, um, like, a not to, to-do list. But, yeah, um, I think how I see that is, yeah, they yeah, are conceptualized to live yeah. by. And they also give you, like, an, like a sense of purpose or, like, an idea entity that you can live by so like if you consistently tell yourself or you write down i don't drink on like a piece of paper and you were to put that on like your bathroom mirror or like somewhere on the house and like you constantly see it i think like repeating that kind of it gets into your head and now you identify with a person that doesn't drink or doesn't do like these bad bad things if that makes sense I really love the psychological side. Yeah. It's really like complicated to talk about, but when you've gone through through it all, really, it's interesting to go back and reflect on the experiences, like, and like you you really understand the times when you you were binging and the times you had less self control. Uh-huh. It's interesting, like how how for example the holidays, how one like a one two week period can really throw you off your game sure. mentally. And a lot of my my friends who who work out too, we talk about how we're just we even we even if we've been in the game a long time, taking it slow when you're coming back. Just reinforcing those old habits, understanding what you have to do differently. Sure, and and like a little personal story, like um, that I relate to my clients. Like there's there's times or where where me and my girlfriend might get into some like kind of fight or like a back and forth type thing, and I get like really stressed out, so I might drink. And it, it took some time to like be like aware of like why am I like, do I actually need to get this drink? And it took me a while to, like, realize, no, like, I'm consciously doing this because I feel stressed out. And like a lot of my clients, they might go through a problem at, at home and they carry that into the workplace, which leads them to eat things that they, they maybe shouldn't eat. And they look to food to cope with the problems they're encountering at, at home. 
Yeah, it's really interesting how we have these behaviors, and that's where having a coach can come in. They can kind of, like, I know we work with a lot of people. We look at their lifestyle. We look at the triggers, and we try to give them that accountability when they're going to binge and try to give people strategies when they're having these binging behaviors or when they're just struggling with nutrition in general. It's always good to have someone or even, I even talk about just making friends at the gym. Even if you're not the most social, just it it helps a lot. Uh Like, like if you skip, like, for example, when I'm not there enough, there's people like, yo, dude, where you been? And that, that, that shit keeps you, keeps you going. You're like, yeah, I was slacking, dude, but I'm back now. And everyone, when you have that reinforcement, even if they're just acquaintances, yeah, oh, it all really yeah. helps. <laughs> so I also wanted to talk a little bit about um, your motto, win the day. So just, yeah, what does it mean to you? It's really cool. Yeah, it, it, it just comes from like a mentality of taking life each day by day and being in a moment. Um, and just concentrating on doing the best as you can for for that day and putting all you have into doing your your best if it's school if it's work if it's a business if it's the gym and concentrating putting it all into that one one moment and then when the next day comes around doing the same exact thing into like trying to accomplish or doing too many things at once can be very challenging to do but if you just concentrate on what you have to do during that day i feel like your willpower is stronger get the things done that you need to in that day and like if you wanted to even break that down further you know when like the day when the hour when minute (laughs) like just being in the moment and putting all you have into like that particular time. Yeah, you really got to be in tune with yourself. But I think even on like the worst days, just be like, or even starting the day, just like having that to-do list or just having that plan and just feeling like you're going to win the day. Even feel, sure. even if you're having a shitty day, just like even saying it kind of gets you going, you know, like win the day. Just you had a good set, you pump your fist, you know, it's, it's kind of like sports. It's a way to yeah. kind of show yeah, your emotion. I, I think like, too many of us, like including my, myself, we get get caught up in like a bunch of things that go around us. You know, if it's like the people like at work or like social media or news. And I think coming back to center and just concentrating on what you're doing in that moment and and to like conquer the current moment that you're you're in and then just carry that into the next task. And then when the day is over, I think it's important to either to like journal or write like what you did well that day, what like you could improve on. And then now the next day, you've got something to look back on and it gives you um, like a like notes or journal like to keep you uh, accountable for each like task that you are are doing. Yeah, it's a great concept. Craig also talked about how he has a, a daily gratitude journal. He'll okay. write down some yeah. stuff in the in the morning and at night, just before he does the meditation, just daily gratitude. It doesn't have to be long. Just be like, I'm proud of this. These are my goals for today. Um, these are my goals for tomorrow. This is something I need to work on. Just writing it down, the act of reflection uh-huh. can really help with your overall well being more than beyond the fitness, right. just getting out of your head. You don't want those right. thoughts to and sit there. I, I think it's something cool that you do. Um in terms of like the realm of fitness and when people just think, oh, just go to the gym and lift weights or hop on a treadmill. 
like when you concentrate on people's like the posture is like a huge uh thing in fitness that like a lot of people don't take into account but your posture can make you feel a certain way too like like if you stand up with your head uh head held high with your shoulders back you feel good about yourself can affect your mental health yeah absolutely if you're confident and then when you're slouched, you you feel like inside like people are look at you and people are judging you and you you right. like it's not even even if you're not in pain or anything it just it doesn't come across as right. confident. You don't see like a lawyer slouching or like like a cop slouching or any like these public figures like any politicians like they're upright they're they're formal like even if it's like not and it shouldn't be forced it's just something you work on habits towards the day like a lot of the times if you're slouching at your desk or even eat when you're eating lunch like simple things like. It's just gonna your body's gonna adopt that as your resting position. So if you just put in the effort, you 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 focus, you do your fasting, whatever you need, you take your exactly, breaks, you exactly. be productive, yep. and just spend those minutes there. Just like sure. it's just like the meal prep. You spend five, ten minutes here and there on your posture, and it all adds up. I guess you have a lot of experience there too with your physical therapy background. Do you still incorporate um, mobility or any? I'm sure you do some stuff with your clients. Yeah, like that. Um, it's primarily like when the session is over, like let's say in. Mm-hmm. So if like so if I train people in in person, um, I do like some some sort of flexibility routine that's based around like things that are specifically tight on that particular person. And then as far as like posture, from like the hip hips up, like the thoracic spine, is something that I've always had like personal problems with, um, and that's something that I'm like constantly trying to. Im- Move on to <laughs> so. It's hard because we're 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 naturally designed exactly. to be able to go yeah. into flexion more easier because the thoracic the thoracic spine right. is, is already rounded forward, and then that's a lot of times why it's hard for people to get that extension because if you haven't been working on it for a while, it can be really really hard to get those muscles in the yep. upper vertebrae and then moving it can make certain um, you know things that you do in the the gym harder too. Like if you have poor thoracic flexibility um you know certain certain things things are just harder like doing a front squat with like poor mobility it like sucks <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's impossible you can't right. you can't you can't stay upright let alone having weak yep. wrists and, and tight triceps it's really it's a front squat is a very functional exactly. but challenging position but your point also brings me to the people will will come into the gym and they won't be able to move and it just, it doesn't frustrate me, but it's annoying. I constantly see the cycle people, they'll do uh, an overhead press and a bench press. Oh, yeah. They won't touch their back. They won't have the range, to, they won't yeah. have the shoulder flexion to press overhead. And they don't have the thoracic extension to get the shoulders back in the bench press. And also the biggest thing I see is people <laughs> don't know how to turn their damn lats on. And that's a huge problem because I know people, everyone thinks the bench is not functional and it's a exercise, but really, I find it's really good to teach sure. you proper shoulder mechanics, learning yep. how to use the last to stabilize your shoulder is sure. so, so important for any movement. Squat, you need a, your shoulders back, bench, you need them back. You need to get them tight. And I find it's really good to teach you how to kind of multi-use your, your retracting Absolutely. your blades and flaring your lats. And I find it's good if done right, but it's a, taking the, the exactly. right steps when yep. you're first coming to the gym. I know, I think it's a good example of the bench press because everyone does it. Everyone knows what it's about, but it's yeah. very hard to do yeah, properly. I mean, like the bench press, done right specifically uh you you could call it like a full body like thing like you're actually using your own body yeah 
Yeah, you're using your legs, your hips, your yep. You're split, mm-hmm. you're flexing your glutes. Everything's working to help stabilize. And that's exactly. when you you get the overall effect. It's not just your chest. Like your chest is not really the one doing it. Your lats are right. doing the work in your tricep. Yep. Your chest is kind of just getting loaded during the movement. Just a quick recap before we let up. Do you have any uh, last um strategies for eating healthy at work? Anything else you want the followers to know on this episode? Um I'm trying to think. I my my main main thing thing is I don't want uh people to stress so much about food and to consume their lives with like getting the like exact perfect uh ratio of carbs and proteins and fats um because it it can become something that overpowers your your life and food food is a um like there's an emotional connection there's a spiritual connection for some people um and i want people to you know actually enjoy food too oh yeah definitely like it can be hard you it's so hard to not get consumed especially when you're first starting you think if i hit the nutrition and i'm i dial this in then you're going to get the results but really it's more than that. it's 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 i rather you be consistently hitting your nutrition 75 80 90% of the time exactly yeah then then going so hard you lose your friends you have no social life yep. it's really the balance cuz honestly like you don't want to lose your social life you still want to be able to go out you don't want to be that guy who's like bringing meal prep to parties exactly. and stuff and and on that that note i think one more in, important thing is uh just being consistent consistency 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 well for for those who are trying to lose fat it takes time i know that's hard to to hear but it takes time it takes time yeah well, yeah man. a lot of times you'll see these 30 60 exactly. day transformation programs but where the heck what are you going to do afterwards like so what is 90 days you haven't hit your yeah, goal or man. maybe it's going slower what are you going to just give up you gotta you gotta think oh, the yeah. long term like this is how i looked yeah, last yeah. year compared <laughs> to this year like two days two bad days a month is gonna do nothing if you hit your macros um 29 out of the 31 yeah, days of the month hey, you're when, still gonna be making I, progress i saw your uh like the pictures from last year and you kept sending me the progress pictures i'm like this is a badass dude <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's been quite the transformation. I lost about 15 pounds since, let's say, August. But since last January, I was uh-huh. uh, I had a shoulder injury from gymnastics last January 20, yeah. 2018. So it was, this is like like my comeback and really just like getting back in shape, getting my habits back in. Yeah, it can happen. You just got to – I say you you think – like I had this, my yeah. friend had this quote I'm going to finish off with. Like you really feel like in the short run – when you compare week to week or month to month that you're not making progress. Uh-huh. But when you look in the year's perspective, you really see how much fucking progress exactly. you're making. Yep. <laughs> 100%. All right, guys, that's Jeff the Trainer. He's going to tell you where you can find him on social media. This will be posted on Spotify, iTunes, and YouTube. So stay tuned for those links uh, for those on my e- newsletter. So, Jeff, just tell them where they can find you. Yeah, uh, you guys can find me on Instagram at Jeff the Trainer. Uh, and Facebook as well at Jeff the Trainer. Awesome. Thanks so much, man. Thanks for jumping on the podcast. I appreciate you having me, man. Awesome. Take care.